If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to dive into verses 11 through 24. Now, while you're turning there, let me kind of raise this question to you. Um, we, we read the letter to the Ephesians, letter to the Romans, letter to the Galatians, Philippians, and these are all by the Apostle Paul. The question is, why do we listen to Paul at all? We know that he was a Pharisee. We know that he persecuted the church. He says he was the worst of sinners and the least of all apostles. So why in the world do we listen to him? Why do we read his letters? And you know, come to think of it, after attending church for decades and decades, I don't know that I've had, uh, I've ever sat through a sermon that has dealt with verses 11 through 24. Because it's from these verses that we understand why we read after the Apostle Paul. So we're going to get into it. Now, as you know, that Paul is responding to a problem. And the problem was that there was dissension in the church because there was, at least we know, a group of believing Pharisees who said that all the Gentile believers had to come under the law of Moses in order to be saved. And you'll hear me talk about the law. Sometimes I call it the Torah, which means that the five uh, five first books of the Old Testament, I'll call them the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, talking about all the same thing. Now, we went through, in, in the prior messages, we understood that these rivals came in after Paul established these churches in Galatia, and basically said something to the effect of, hey, you guys are, are heard a watered-down gospel, a watered-down gospel that disregards the divinely given commandments of the law. And now Paul is responding. Now we read in Galatians 1.1, he says, he says what? He says, Paul, an apostle not from man, nor through, well, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Well, he's going to expand on that in verses 11 through 24. This is kind of like uh, his expounding of what that means. So let's go ahead and read these scriptures, and then we're going to dive into them, because there's a lot more than meets the eye. So I'm going to read from the ESV version. Paul writes this, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again 
to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except for James, the Lord's brother. In what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. Now, let's go ahead and dive into this. You get a sense just from the overall uh, scope of these scriptures of what Paul's defense is, what he's getting over to these Galatian believers. He is separating himself out from the rival teachers. Now, let's go ahead and dive in. He says, For I would have you know, brothers, and he calls them brothers because he still considers them brothers in Christ. And this is brothers and sisters. This is everybody in the churches. He said, The gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. Now, that word preached there is not really preached. It is gospeled. Paul says, the gospel that was gospeled by me is not man's gospel. Isn't that wild? And you know, he's writing this, and you, you kind of have to wonder, why is he put it that way? How does he, why is he creating a verb out of the gospel? And when you get down into these verses, you sink down, you see that preaching the gospel is not just standing up before people with a microphone. He is embodying the gospel. When he says that he has gospeled the gospel to the Galatians, he has shown it by example. In fact, in other letters of his, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. How many of us would dare to even say that? To speak to people seriously and say, follow me as I follow Christ. Most of us are not that brave, but Paul, he was brave enough to say that. And so here he says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was gospeled by me, or the good news that was good newsed by me, is not man's gospel. In other words, I didn't receive this second hand. And then we go to verse 12, and he says, For. And one thing about the Apostle Paul is he'll make a statement in his letters. He kind of like sets out a premise, and then he explains that premise. He goes in and expounds on it, and that's what he's doing here. He says, For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, that separates him from what? From basically, virtually everybody, doesn't it? Because he says, Hey, the gospel that I preached to you, that was gospeled by me, I didn't learn it from anybody. This is not secondhand stuff. I received it. Actually, the words I received it aren't actually in the Greek. It says, for I didn't receive it from any man, nor was taught it. But through a revelation of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and I think that's important because... You know, you jump over to 1 Thessalonians, 
And don't jump there yourselves. I mean, you can go back. Just listen to the message without going... Keep your eyes on Galatians. But in 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And that's really the way the gospel comes. It comes on people. It's not that we so-called receive it. There's a confrontation. You have to answer to it. You either accept it or reject it. There's no neutrality. And so the gospel, in a way, kind of breaks in. And that's why he doesn't say, I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, but through. It's like it broke through with a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that word revelation is, let me, uh, let me look at it, apocalypseos, and we get the English word of the transliteration is apocalypse. And we always think of the end of the world with that, you know, here comes the apocalypse. But that's not the way that it's used in the Greek. In the Greek, it means an unveiling. In fact, it's, the sense is this, you're sitting in a theater and there's a curtain drawn on the stage and you're, you know, sitting there looking at the curtain and all of a sudden the curtain is thrown away or pulled back, I should say, and you see what's behind it. And really, that is a good description of what happened to the Apostle Paul. We get into it, but he knew of Jesus of Nazareth. Why? Because on the road to Damascus, he's on his way to persecute Jewish believers. And he knew of the talk of God having raised this man from the dead, but he didn't understand all the implications of that. Well, a revelation of Jesus Christ, he did. And as we've as I've kind of pounded into you, the word Christ is Messiah. It's not a proper name. And so when he says a revelation of Jesus Christ, he's talking about Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth, as Israel's Messiah. Now, he goes on and says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism before, beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous. That's important to understand because notice that he is writing this letter to the churches in Galatia. So there are little groups here and there, but all those little groups are part of one grand assembly. You know, even today, you know, we have churches on this corner, that corner, and everything else, and in our minds, we think about how they're separate, you know, and unfortunately, we have all kinds of denominations and all that kind of thing, but actually, the Lord looks upon His church as one single body, one single family, and you see that here in this verse. Now, let's break this down some, because like I said Modern preaching has kind of distorted it. He says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism. Now, modern preaching casts Judaism as a different kind of religion. In fact, a lot of times it's Judaism versus Christianity. 
And the problem with that is that's framing it all wrong. Judaism is not a religion. It was the culture. It's, it's not a set of beliefs. It's the culture of the way of life under the Torah or under the law, under the Hebrew scriptures. It was the way of promoting the Jewish way of life under the law. Part of that included pressing the law upon lax or casual Jews, defending the law against the encroachment of the pagans, making sure that Israel was kept pure. That was one thing that the Pharisees were interested in doing. It was all of that, and Paul thought he could excel in it. In a way, it's like being a defender of the faith. It wasn't a separate religion. It wasn't being a legalist. It was being jealous for God, the God of Israel, actually, and his law. Now, let me dive into this a little bit with the prophet Elijah. I don't want you to turn to these passages because I want you just to hear uh, hear the line of thinking on it, and then you can go back and look at the particular scriptures. In 1 Kings 18, you know, we have the, we have the famous slaughter by Elijah. He's, he has faced off with the prophets of Baal, false prophets of Baal. And in 1840, it says, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. Now, try to take that fact in. You've got, uh, you've got a prophet of God, a very famous prophet of God, who goes down to the river and slaughters a bunch of false prophets. I mean, here, it's like by his own hand. You know, we would say, oh, man, he's a murderer. He, he's not consistent with the God of Israel and all that, but actually he was. Let me read to you Deuteronomy 13, parts, uh, parts of 1 through 5. Deuteronomy 13, 1 says, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Well, I'll go ahead and read verse 4. And you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. Now, that's not, that's not verse 5. I mean, it goes on. And listen to verse 5. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So shall you purge the evil from the midst. So guess what Elijah was doing? He's doing exactly that. He was fulfilling Deuteronomy 13.5. Now listen to him. This is the very next chapter. In verse 8, 19.8, 1 Kings 19.8 says, And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, 
the Mount of God. That's Mount Sinai. Horeb is another name for Sinai. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now listen to Elijah. He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. See that. See, Elijah didn't ask the Lord, well, please forgive me for slaughtering all those false prophets. He said, no, I've been very zealous for the Lord your God. And so when Paul, when he speaks about being very zealous for the Lord, here it is, uh, verse 14 in Galatians, and I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my own people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. That's, that's the attitude he had. It wasn't a separate religion. He was just zealous for what? For the law, for the Torah. And then verse 15, notice what he says. He says, but when he who had set me apart, the Greek says, from my mother's womb, and who called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me in order that I might preach him or gospel him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Now that's a mouthful there, but you see the change. He says, I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Well, that would include what? The Torah, the law of Moses that these rivals are bringing up. But then he says, but when he who had set me apart from my mother's womb, there's a change there, and called me through his grace. Before we talked about the messianic grace, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, was pleased to reveal his son, the ESV and the modern translations say to me, in the Greek, and the King James actually, it says, in me. And that's where Paul is not just talking about, oh, well, now I understand mentally a little bit about Jesus. No, he is embodying the gospel. It's not just that Paul's supposed to go do the royal pronouncement of the gospel. He is a paradigm of the gospel. His Jesus is going to be revealed in him. It's not an inward spiritual experience. It is what he was saying earlier on, that um, he has gospeled the gospel to the Galatians. Understand that. He is demonstrating the gospel, not just preaching the revelation, but he is demonstrating the revelation to the people. And this is his point of saying all that. He said, when... He who called me by his grace. Now remember back earlier on, he, he told the Galatians, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one, what, who has called you. And that was God. And here he says he was called by his grace. 
and pleased to reveal his son in me in order that I might gospel him, demonstrate the gospel, preach it, demonstrate it among the Gentiles or the pagans, I did not immediately consult with anyone. He sets his gospel apart. He's basically saying, I got my gospel by revelation. I didn't check it out with anybody. I didn't seek anybody's approval. I didn't seek letters of recommendation. I didn't go through committee. I didn't do anything like that. I didn't consult with anyone. In verse 17, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Notice how he does this language. He puts himself on the same level as the apostles in Jerusalem. They are his equals. They are not uh, over him. They are not his supervisors. They are not his heavies, his boss, or anything like that. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Now, what he says next is really interesting. He says, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now, we know that Paul, with Paul, there's nothing in his letters by accident. So what is he getting to here? What is he saying? Well, we talked about Elijah. And one thing that Paul did is he modeled his ministry after Elijah. So we saw that Elijah was what? He went to Mount Sinai and God spoke to him there. And Elijah said, I've been extremely zealous for you. Well, that wasn't all that happened at Sinai with Elijah. God speaks to him, but then later on in verse 15, the Lord says to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. All right? Well, Paul says, But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. What's he doing? He's emulating Elijah. He goes to Sinai. And at Sinai, I'm sure he's saying, Lord, I've been extremely zealous for the Lord God. But now he has a revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to Damascus. What's he do at Damascus? Elijah anoints a new king in Damascus. Paul announces a newly anointed king. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing here is by accident. Amen. And then he writes on and says, Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. Notice. Notice that he goes to Jerusalem, he sees Peter, but he doesn't say, Hey, Peter gave me the okay. I talked the gospel with Peter. In fact, he mentions nothing. He just acknowledges that he was with Peter for about two weeks. And he does the very same thing with James. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And he says nothing about seeing him. We don't know if he just saw him, if he saw him for a minute, or he saw him for five hours. He just says that he saw James. And he says, I saw nobody else. Why? Because he's putting that stake in even deeper with the Galatian believers that the gospel that I preach to you 
at the very beginning, had a divine origin. It's divinely inspired. I didn't get it secondhand. I didn't talk it over with anybody. In fact, I talked to no one. Verse 20, he says, in what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. I do not lie. This is all the truth. There's not going to be anybody that comes up and says, you know what? Paul got his gospel from me. This is what I told him, and then he went and preached to all you guys in in Galatia. Then he says, then I went into the regions of Syria, Cilicia. What's he doing? He's maintaining his independence from Jerusalem. Amen. And then he goes on, and he says, And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. What's that matter? It matters because he's showing his independence. He is kind of a lone wolf. He received the gospel by revelation, and he's he's ensuring to the Galatian believers that it's it, he hasn't compromised it. He hasn't gotten approval from it for it by anybody. This is uh, this is a gospel by revelation. Then in verse twenty three, they only were he- hearing it said, "He who used to persecute us is now preaching." or gospeling the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. In the Greek, it's in me. So he wraps this up, This wraps up this paragraph by again saying, you know, they were talking about me, but I haven't talked to anybody. There were rumors about me, but I haven't talked to anyone. What you have gotten is an undefiled gospel, that revelation of Jesus Christ that I received from the get-go, and it hasn't been compromised by anybody. That's what he's getting over to the Galatian believers because he's separating himself out from these rivals. You want to listen to these rivals? Well, guess what? My gospel came by revelation of Jesus Christ. I don't know what they're telling you, but this is what I'm telling you. So going through these scriptures, we understand why. Now we understand why we read Ephesians and Philippians and Galatians and Romans because his gospel came by direct revelation of Jesus Christ. In fact, in Ephesians, he says, I write these letters so you can understand my intelligence into the mystery of Christ. And he's staking that out with these Galatian believers. So that takes us to the end of chapter 1, and it brings us to chapter 2. In chapter 2, we go in even deeper. So there's no way to really conclude these because we're just going through the letter. But let me go ahead and give you the blessing that Paul gives at the end of the letter. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen until the next message.